This is a two-part session. If you haven't listened to the first episode, go back. It is literally the episode before this one and it is awesome. A really good understanding of someone who is open-minded but lives with faith in their life. And honestly, it's actually been quite eye-opening for me since our chat because I really thought that there was a lot of difference, a lot of opposition between me and someone who believed in God. And it's really made me understand the value of the difference of opinion. And it's shown me that life still goes on, but people experience the exact same things. Whatever your religion, your faith, your understanding, where you've come from is, you can still feel the exact same things. We get deep on vulnerability, negative self-talk, what love means to him, and just where he wants to go with his life. So here we are with Sean Michael for part two of our chat. Your adventurous life begins the moment you step out of your comfort zone. And that's why I started the Misadventurous podcast. I'm Tiffany Rouge and I'm all about personal growth, changing through setbacks, standing strong in the face of injustice and defining your own worth. I'm your host, and I'm connecting you with knowledge, voices, and stories of success. Women who have channeled their inner lady boss, business leaders, spirituality, and connection so that you can enjoy your life, make some serious bank, and live the life that you choose. Just a quick thing before all of the wisdom. I want to thank you for being a Misadventurous podcast listener. Whether you've listened to one or all of the episodes I've made for you, seriously, you rock. Did you know that I have another podcast called The Sound Growth Podcast? It's with my business coach, Ron Lal, and we talk all things mindset, thought design, and business development. So check it out if you're an entrepreneur, startup, or if you're looking to grow your business. Just search for The Sound Growth Podcast, however you're listening to this right now. And if you've ever thought about delving into the podcast realm yourself, I'm your girl. I make podcasts for people just like you. Whether you need help getting started, you have an idea and a mic, or you want someone to do the whole thing for you, get yourself onto www.sanctuarymedia.co. That's www.sanctuarymedia.co. That's where you can learn lots of amazing things about podcasting and get in touch with me to figure out how I can help you share your message with the world. What was the most devastating thing that you had to pull yourself out of, you know, that essentially didn't stop time, but it stopped you living your life normally? Well, that's like, that's a tough question. Um, You know, given any given day, like, I guess emotions will make me answer that differently. But I, I think um, the best one I can think of today at least um, was uh, when I was studying, um, I went through a, a period of depression, um, which uh, my doctor at the time described it as moderate, moderate depression, which I don't know what that really means. But for me what that meant is um, it's about a month of my life that I don't really remember Friends at the time told me that I looked very pale when they saw me. Um, I didn't get out of bed much. Um, yeah, it's just a month of my life that is effectively gone. And um, what, I guess, changed that for me, how I, I wouldn't even say I really pulled myself out of it, but one thing that happened is, is that during that time, I, instead of like continuing with my studies, I took a week and went home. And mm. I, I genuinely think that 
uh, love is what got me out of it, you know, that, yeah, that, that really trans- transformed things. And um, it didn't actually, like, finish there. So that, that week helped a lot and it got me through that year. But about, you know, eight months into the next year, I ended up going home because, I don't know, it just I hadn't really got out of it, you know, like I'd got out of the worst of it. But there was a whole lot of, like, negative self-talk going on. And I guess in some ways I hadn't really dealt with that, you know. I dealt with the symptoms but not really what was going on inside. What was causing the negative self-talk? Yeah, yeah. And um, so, you know, I went home and I was home for about, I think it was a year and a half total. And it was just, uh, it was really good to to be around love, you know, like with family, you know, people who uh, love me regardless, you know. And um, for me the negative self-talk was you're not good enough. And that was something that was going on beforehand, but I think what really precipitated that situation was um, rejection from uh, a romantic interest. And that was the spiral that, um, well, that sent me down that spiral. Mm. Um, And I suppose it's kind of poetic, you know, like romantic love and then, you know, love from my family that kind of brought me back out of that. What does love mean to you then? Yeah, what does love mean to me? In all senses, Uh, right? Yeah, well, yeah, I suppose that's right because love means different things in English. Like we we use the same word to talk about the food we ate as, you know, um, our deepest, most important people in our lives. Uh, I guess when I talk about love, I would probably look at the latter and to me it is – Acceptance, um, it's not just acceptance of who they are. It's definitely that. Um, but I think the, the the real thing that makes it love over um, other things is the desiring the best thing for them. I, and I think that's what makes it different, say, something you like versus you know, someone you like versus someone you love, is that do you, at, at the end of the day, want the best thing for them, you know? You may not always outwork that the best because everyone has different ideas of what the best thing is. But no matter what, do you want the best thing for them? Then I think that is a huge characteristic of how you define love. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's really, for me, the the only people that I can accept unconditionally and want the best for them would be the family members that I have. And, and like, it's it's that love that I have for them, which is really interesting because you are talking about this whole like wanting the best for them, but then, you know, it's like I love sushi or, you know, I love peanut butter. How does that kind of translate between wanting the best for whatever it is and going, maybe it's like a you think it is the best, like I think peanut butter is the best and therefore I love it because you're still like you're assigning a feeling Mm. of love to, mm. to things, right, to people and to places and to actual objects. Yeah, I guess uh, for, for me I think, not that I've looked into it at all, but I imagine it's like uh, some sort of combination of uh, connection. Connection I think is probably the best way. You know, yeah. when you talk about, oh, I love sushi, it's like, you know, I sushi gives me some sort of feeling when I eat it, you know, I am – passionate about it potentially you know like quite often passion and love is one of those things that can be interchanged 
and I, yeah, I think it, at some level when we talk about love, we're really talking about connection. Mm. Um, and so, you know, like I love my dog is a different connection to I love my partner or I love my mom and dad. You know, those are all different connections. Um, and you're not going to love sushi the same way that you're going to love a person, you know, like you can't want the best for an inanimate object. But I, I think the reason why we use the word love is because um, there's a connection there. There's some sort of connection that we have and it's it's a very visceral thing. And so, um, you know, we we care about it at some level, you know, and I think that that's what, when we say love, that's what we mean. But um, it's helpful to have distinctions of what you mean by love because, you know, as I say, you don't care about a piece of sushi the same way you care about uh, your dog or your mum and dad or yeah. your partner. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I'm all about connection. Like I 100% agree with you on that sort of place. Like I have this deep connection with New Orleans and I love that place but that love that I have is going to be different to my love of peanut butter. Like I don't feel as connected to peanut butter than I do with a city in america you know it's it's so interesting to think about it yeah oh, i'm always down for a, a conversation about those things and i guess you're reminding me that like we were talking about i was talking about earlier about how family is something that's important to me and um and also we we're talking about film mm. and what i would say is, is that i didn't love film enough to justify you know like i enjoyed it and there was some love for it there mm. but not enough to justify the cost um, and, you know, uh, to me, video games is something that has I have more love for, you know, and the cost is worth more. Okay. Um, yeah. Nice. And so what does the future look like for you? Yeah, well, I mean, it's worth saying that no one can know the future, you know. You don't even know if you have tomorrow. But, mm-hmm. um like all things considered, what am I looking forward to, uh, particularly with 2020 here? Um, I I want to be making games in some capacity. So um, I don't have it all figured out like we were talking about. Am I looking to do this, you know, as a startup business or am I looking to do this as part of an established business? I don't know. But by the end of the year, I definitely want to be doing that. Uh, Long term... My my goal with game development is to uh, either own or be leading a studio. So it might be my own or it might be someone else's. But um, you know, to that's that's my goal for now. Um, and that might be different in five, ten years. You know, but um, that's where I want to be heading. Uh, and yeah, I I have a feeling that maybe I won't be in New Zealand. Um, mm. It's hard to know. Like I enjoy travel and uh, I do want to do some time overseas in some different places. Uh, Have you travelled much? Yeah, I've done a lot of travel actually for um, someone as as young as me really. Um, You know, I've been very lucky to see a lot of places. So, you know, like I've been like Japan and recently just went to China. Um, I've been to the US, I've been to Canada, I've been to... um, you know, lots of European countries. It's really easy when you're over there. Mm-hmm. Um, spent like four and a half months in Germany um, as part of an exchange at the end of my, my school, schooling. Um, 
Yeah, I've been to like I've been to the Shetland Islands, which is you know not a lot of people can say. I don't even know if you know where that is. It's Scotland, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's part of Scotland. Shetland ponies. It's where they come from. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. So, um, yeah, I've just I've been very lucky to have a lot of those opportunities in my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But the big one for me is I really want to go back to Canada. Um, Yeah, you know, like and and China is interesting. Having been there recently, that. yeah, I'm. I'm not exactly sure what 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 that would look like in the future, but there is there's definitely some interest, you know. Would you say that, like, looking at the the whole, like, the reality of it? Because you know how we were talking about the goal and and the dream, but the reality of this goal, which you've just shared, which is the owning your own production house and game house, or being you know at the top of one of them. Would you say that, like, I think it's it's right to make an uh, a calculated guess that if you wanted to do that, the the market probably exists for that in China or in in somewhere probably that isn't New Zealand. So I think maybe that little voice of intuition that's telling you, like when you go further down this path, you are probably going to have to move. I feel like you're just listening to it. Yeah, I mean, I hadn't really thought about it in those terms, but that's I, I, definitely true that um, you know that there are larger markets overseas, and China's a really big one that everyone wants to be in right now. Mm. Um, yeah, it's it's hard to know. Like you know, I think New Zealand is home. Yeah, that's going to be hard to get past. Um, and like with technology, maybe it becomes less important where you live for a lot of these things that we do. You know. Service-based industries, 100%. There's always going to, you know, for a physical service, you're always going to need to be local. But with anything information-driven, uh, you know, so like game development for me or you know, like the podcasting thing, like who knows where you're going to be in 10 years, you know. You could be uh, in anywhere in the world, you know, with as technology develops. That's kind of cool though. It's nice to think that you you have that much possibility there for you knowing that okay this is where where your passion lies and you know looking at it again you were saying that in the film and everything like that okay you could travel but it almost feels like going down this path choosing that passion but also choosing to do it on your terms is kind of like the the general consensus about people that I speak to these days like I feel like we're waking up to the fact that I don't have to slug it out for 20 hours a day working or trying to make myself, you know, be something that I clearly don't want or don't want to be and it's like you can actually have that quality of life that you want and still do purpose and meaningful work? I think the best bit about it is is that they predicted, I think it was the 1960s or 70s, that by the millennium, I think it was, that um, we would be working 15-hour weeks because the advances in technology. Wow. And so <laughs> it's interesting to see that instead of that happening, we went for, okay, we will continue to do effectively the same work, but obviously the productivity is higher with all these technological tools that we've developed. Mm. I think there is an awakening to actually, yeah, there was something in that whole thing of like it's not good to get rid of work full stop, like I, I genuinely believe that we're made for work and that is a really important part of what it is to be human. Uh, however, to not like make it everything, like which is always our temptation, you know, like especially if you're crim- climbing a career ladder, mm. you know, and or like for yourself at the, the beginnings of 
uh, working in a business, you know, that kind of thing. It's really tempting to just make it all that you do. But, you know, there's so much more than our work, you know. Um, it's an important part of who we are, but there's so much more. Um, yeah. And, yeah, it shouldn't shouldn't dictate like anything, you know, whether it's your passion or whatever. You want to live a full life. You don't want it, everything to be soaked up by one thing that you do. Yeah, amen, 100% agree. That's awesome. Okay, um, what would you say to the Sean who uh, had just come back from visiting his family or actually, the yeah, had just come back from visiting his family after that breakup and after whatever, you know, that, that period of, of depression. What would you say to him now knowing what you do and knowing how your life is going to play out? Uh, it's always interesting, eh, because uh, I don't exactly remember what it was like to be that person. Mm. So... Um, you know, for me, it would be hard to not, uh, without having that person in front of me, to have a conversation with and understand where they're at. Like, um, you know, there's the risk that any advice I give may not be applicable, you know, or anything I would say wouldn't be relevant or or wise. However, I think, um, you know, that um, I probably would remind him that, like, God is for him, you know, like God is for him, you know, like he, you know, wants the best and that may be hard to believe for where he is right now, but like, you know, that journey, you know, which is, you know, about five years from now, you know, like um, that, like that I've seen, you know, like how good God is and what he does and that, while it's hard to believe that you will see, you know, better things than you've already seen and, um, yeah, that God is invested in your life and you will only see it as you continue on. Mm. Yeah, nice. Cool. Keep the faith, essentially. What has helped you or what wise words do you tell yourself to carry on? And it's okay if you've already repeated yourself, you can repeat yourself again. But is there something that you kind of, like say you're you're having a really terrible day, what kind of comes into your mind to just help you get on with things? For me, it's never been something like of myself, you know, like, uh, and, you know, I talked about the personhood of God and, you know, um, I think that that's the, he's the one that comes and picks me up because I think about my toughest days and I'm like, I just want to quit. I just want to give up. You know, I don't want to do this anymore. Like, you know, the days where I'm just devastated with, you know, what what's happened today. You know, like God is the one that picks me up or if maybe I'm getting back into that space of negative self-talk, you know, uh, you know, when I like give it to God, he's the one there. That's It's a quiet voice, but it's definitely him saying, you know, like it's not true, you know, like or not even things will be better, but just reassurance that, you know, like it's it's okay and that like tomorrow is a different day. Yeah, and I think the big thing is is that perspective. Um, like if I had to like sum it up in a sort of more general sense for people, perspective. Like that's what God gives me. He always reminds me of the perspective of like if I look at any one moment in my life, I could probably come to the conclusion that, that God doesn't care about me, that, you know, my life is terrible, that everything's going to fall apart. But when I look at the wholeness of my life and I look at like, you know, the fortune that I've had and the things that have happened that maybe shouldn't have, you know, because uh, he's invested in my life, then I can 
I can see, you know, just how lucky I am and how good I have it. And I don't like this language, but it's the only way I can think to describe it, how, like, blessed I've been, you know? Like, I think it gets used, like, so incorrectly. Hashtag like, blessed. Oh, oh. <laughs> but, like, there is there is a truth to it that um, when you genuinely take that, you know, like, that, yeah, we are so, we're so blessed. And quite often we look at a moment instead of, like, the whole perspective. Um, and it's something that reminds me, oh, today will end, you know, like the suffering will end and there will be a tomorrow that it's better. Well, that's almost it from me here on Misadventurous. If you dig what you hear and want to keep up to date with every single episode of the Misadventurous podcast, hit subscribe however you're listening to this right now. And if you want to be even more of a legend and help other wayward adventurers find this path, I'd love it if you head on over to iTunes and rate and review this podcast. Go on, five stars for all that positivity, right? So until next time, and don't forget, it's the small choices that we make every single day that build up to that big change that you're working towards. So stay with it.